Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered The Blast, and while we enjoy the good guys and the nice guys in sport... We also love us the Naughty Boys just a little bit more. They're my type of guys. And I can say with a great deal of confidence, I've got one of my guys as a guest. It's a big welcome to Greg Bird all the way from France. How is life in Perpignan, my friend? It's not too bad, mate. It's um, it's a little bit um, tough these days, being locked inside for half the year uh, with, with isolation and quarantine. But... Uh, that's, that's the world we live in these days, and uh, I'm lucky that I get to sneak out and go to training every day. Tough for a young family away from loved ones and, and two young kids because the kids don't understand what lockdown is. The kids don't understand what COVID is. They just want to go and play. Yeah, it is hard. That was definitely hard. I'm very lucky I've got a decent-sized backyard, uh, and there's plenty of time um, Looking over the looking over the fence at empty roads and uh, wondering why we couldn't go across yeah. the road to the park. But um, yeah, two months confinement through just before summer was uh, was quite tough on the kids. Uh, it was tough on my liver probably as well. <laughs> there's not much. There's not a great deal else you can do when you're sitting inside. Someone's got. Uh, I was probably driving my wife mental, but that's. Um, yeah, you know, I think we've seen the back end of the worst now. The vaccine's out soon, and hopefully, you know, we can get back on with the, with life as normal. Yeah, let's hope so. Two stints playing with Catalans, living in France, this time as a family guy with a couple of young kids. It's a wonderful life experience for a family, isn't it? It is, mate. Um, you know, my, my oldest girl, she's four. She's been going to school for two years. They start school when they turn three over here. She speaks French. She comes home speaking fluent French wow. all day long. So as a you know, as a, a young parent, it's, it's quite proud to see your, your yeah. kids just pick up another language when you know how hard it is. You know, I've, it's taken me four years to pick it up over here and she she picks it up after a, a couple of weeks at school because uh, there's no obviously no English at school. It's all French. Um, so that's one thing. But yeah, just having the ability to, you know, immerse yourself in different cultures. You know, you drive down the road here, an hour and you cross the border in Spain and, you know, you, you pick up another culture again. So, um, you know, we are blessed in the position that we are normally. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we knocked on the end, as, as we've said just prior. But uh, I'm looking forward to being able to, you know, get back out there. When you look back on a career spanning some 360 games, 18 seasons, Three clubs and two hemispheres. What are you most proud of? You know, staying in the game is probably the most thing I'm most proud of. Um, you know, your best ability is availability, so they say. Um, and um, I'm very lucky to have you know, come through in a different, completely different rugby league culture yeah. when I first started to to the one I finished in. Um, you know, it's you know it is it, it was a professional when I started, but the professionalism is nothing compared to what it is now and, um, you know, the money is nothing compared to what it is now and um, just the whole the whole scene of rugby league has is, is completely changed the whole dynamic. What do you change? Hindsight's a wonderful thing. 
But what do you change if you could tap the magic wand on something over your career? I think just taking it for granted, taking taking rugby league for granted. Um, you know, you, you, I think when I was younger and you probably just got caught up caught up in the scene, you know, just happy to be a rugby league player. Um, mm. Going out in the beards after the games was was every weekend um, and that's what the whole team did. It wasn't like it was a, it was a one or two blokes. It was a whole team after yeah. a game go out and celebrate and, and just got caught up a little bit in um, – I wish it probably didn't take me as long as it did to, to, um, to pull my head in and, and um, start focusing a little bit more. But um, I was lucky that I had 18 years to, to sort it out. Um, by the end, it, I think I figured it out. It takes some of us, me included, just a little longer. I don't know why, mate. I've got to touch on it because it is arguably my favourite story. The story about the day after your wedding, caught having a Les kiss next to a cop car. I'm surprised Beck didn't send you packing after 24 hours, not for doing it, but for getting caught doing it. Yeah, well, that was probably pretty close. <laughs> she wasn't very happy. Um she wasn't very happy. Oh, I wasn't very happy. I got dragged out of the pub. You know, she definitely wasn't happy. The, the, the frustrating part was just the misinformation that got put out there that it was a, that I pissed on the police car. There was people telling me that I was standing on the bonnet pissing on the window of the car. Um, and you know, the image that that puts out straight away, um, you know, is, is probably what, what drove, drove the nail into, into my, my captaincy at that stage. Yeah. You know, things happen. You know, you're getting, getting strife, live and learn. I didn't uh, pee out in public again, I can tell you that. Uh, I didn't think it was much of a big deal, peeing uh, outside of a pub at 7.30, just getting dark. But, um, you know, the people walking past obviously <laughs> took offence to it. <laughs> Mate, we can and we have called you a throwback over the years. Should have been born in the early 60s and played throughout the 70s and 80s, do you look back on that type of footy and think, yeah, that's my type of footy? Yeah, I would have enjoyed it. I think the game you know, the game has got so much faster now, especially with the new rules that they've put in place, the six-again rule, for example. But uh, it's nothing like watching an old game. Someone sent me just a clip of an old game from 2002 or three um, against South. It was played um, on TV today actually and I was watching and I was like oh that just doesn't even look the same you can't even yeah. it's incomparable to what it is now and then you look another 10 years 20 years before that um, you know Les Boyd Les Boyd and, and the likes of uh, yeah. would have had their way with would have had their way with me but um, you know I would have I would have given it back as much as I could but um, yeah I don't know I don't know whether the game's the game's definitely in a better state now but I still think there's a place for the, the rough physical um, brand of football, and uh, it was good to see it in Origin come back there. Game two would have been would have been good if we can get a little bit more of that. I, if you, you just get it three games a year, I think Origin is a place they could bring it back into the into the fold. Mate, I agree. I think I think the rugby league, I think sport and probably society in general has gone too politically correct and bowing to the minorities, and it's a tough game for tough blokes, and not every bloke is capable of playing it. As a result, not every kid is capable of playing it, but it's probably an argument for another day. I want to take you back to 2007. You were Mr. December in the Naked Rugby League calendar. What happened with the modelling career? 
Um, it was very short-lived, mate, to be honest. Um, a, couple of, a couple of my mates are actually pretty good-looking blokes. Ben Ross, he, he, he won, I think he won Sexy Spin Rugby League yeah. or something. And um, he roped into it. And my best mate, who was, uh, you know, in my wedding party, and, and I was in his, a couple of his actually, um, Nick Youngquist. Um, <laughs> Nick Youngquist, he was a pretty good sort. I always sprayed Youngie that he should have quit rugby league before he got started and just went straight into modelling. Yeah. And uh, now he's now he's killing it. But, um, yeah, it's definitely not my cup of tea. I don't think I've got the uh, – well, I definitely haven't got anything for it, really. Uh, when I was younger, when I was younger, I guess I might have been a little bit more handsome, but those uh, those books are well and truly faded now. Fourteen seasons in the NRL, a variety of positions. What position did you play your best footy? Mate, it's hard to say. Um, I think depend what team, depending what team I was in, and what blokes out around me. You know, sometimes I look back and think I played my best games at six, and then mm. other games, and then other. Times maybe on the edge at back row, and then the other times maybe in the middle at lock forward. Um, yeah, I think depending at different periods of my career, early on I think probably on the edge at back row, then through the middle probably at six when I was, you know, probably at my physical best um, speed wise, and then probably later and in, in, in the middle. Um, but um, you know, I think I had, had my days at all of those spots and. Probably had my, my bad days at all those spots as well, which is, uh, you know, no secret as well. Why not hooker? I always thought you had every attribute that a number nine could possibly want. You were never given the chance to be a successful hooker for any long-term period. Do you think it would have suited you? Mate, I don't. I don't think I had the motor. Um I, I had a motor to go at like 80 minutes, but that sort of running was just, it's just a different breed. They're a different, yeah. different breed, those hookers. They, they just sort of jog around at the one pace all game. And, um, you know, I wanted to run. I remember, I remember we played, uh, who was the coach? Might have been, might have been Opes. Might have been Opes. Yep. Put me at hooker. And yeah, early days, it was against the Tigers and I had all these, Things in my head. As soon as I see one marker, I'm gonna take off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And had all these, these plays in my mind. But as soon as I got out in the field, after five minutes, I was, I was wrecked. I was bugging. Um, and, and there's so many times I, I saw one marker. And I was that bugger. I couldn't even. I couldn't. All I did was pick the ball up and give it a noddy. Um, so yeah, I think I played probably two or three games at hooker. I played a little doubles. For, for minutes here and there, but yeah, uh, yeah no, it was, wasn't something that that I really enjoy, enjoyed playing. Um, I wanted a bit of space, a bit wider, and um, being able to create on the edge was a little bit more fun for me. Doing some coaching with Catalan's reserve grade, you going to stay involved in the game, or are you are you almost rugby leagued out? Um, you know, that's crossed my mind to have have twelve months out of the game and just. Clearly, clear your head. You know, yeah. as you said before, 18, 18 years from you know November two thousand and one when I first started preseason at the Sharks as a seventeen year old kid was um, a long time ago now. But um, on the other hand, you know, being able to stay involved in the game that I've, I've just grown accustomed to as part of my life is is I think 
better for me. I think it's better for um, my future if I want to get back into it later to, to remain involved. And uh, I'm really enjoying it at present. Thanks for dropping in, great man. It is always a pleasure. Pleasure, mate. Cheers.